Welcome back to the 20th and Blake podcast from Mile High Sports. As always, I'm your host, Cade Walker. Uh, and today we have a week of spring training in the books. And, uh, you know, I think there were some decent takeaways from this week. And uh, I'm going to get into that. And I'm actually going to open up with that. Um, and after that, and after I discuss, you know, a couple of these spring training highlights, some things to take away. I'm going to complain a little bit about another couple of subjects. Um, yeah, I feel like I complain a lot on this podcast, um, and I think I'm justified in doing so. I think a lot of Rockies fans feel the same sentiment uh, and the same understanding of you know how confusing the Rockies are as an organization and the decisions that they make or don't make um, in the case of uh, one of our topics today. So, um, uh, just a just a heads up. I'm gonna break it into three segments. Talk about uh, spring training highlights here, and then I'll then I'll talk about another couple of subjects um, afterwards. So, uh, you know, to start off, looking at spring training, there's there's actually been a lot of good and encouraging things. Um, the Tano loss of Dodgers was not one of them. Um, <laughs> Trevor Bauer. Um, now in the division full time, um, so that's that's going to be something. I mean, between the Padres and the Dodgers, the Rockies are going to face like I don't know nine aces, um, and they're they're going to face them quite a few times each um, in the full 162 game season. And you know, playing both of these teams twice, it's going to be tough. Um, don't expect the Rockies to score <laughs> very much against those two teams, uh, those staffs for both of those teams, not only the starting staff, but the bullpen for both of those teams. It's just, it's just immaculate. Um, and because of that, I think the Rockies probably should already, I mean, considering how the roster is constructed now, uh, consider themselves to be non-contenders this season. I think Rockies fans agree with that. Um, anyone who seriously analyzes baseball would not consider the Rockies a playoff contender, but the front office does. Um, so, again, something I will talk about afterwards. But um, there are some good performances that we've seen in spring training, the first of which uh, was Kyle Freeland's recent performance, and he he threw uh, three scoreless innings. Um, and, you know, I think... I think Freeland actually he looks he looks good. I mean he's he's a control guy. He hits spots, um, gets good run on his fastball, good arm side run. Um, his off speed, you know, his sequencing is great. Um, he looks very confident, and I think that's that's very key because uh, you watch him in 2019 when he was less confident and also dealing with that blister kind of thing. Uh, it was just kind of holding him back. So. I think based on what we saw from him last season and what we've seen from him so far, we can expect a better a better Kyle Freeland season. Uh, a full 162-game season from Kyle Freeland where he'll look more like his 2018 self rather than his 2019 self, and he'll prove that 2019 season to be a fluke. So I, I expect good things from Freeland moving forward. Marquez was always... Uh, Dominant, uh, he, he dominated the White Sox. Uh, actually, the whole team dominated the White Sox. The Rockies held them scoreless, so that was that was a very solid and encouraging performance from the Rockies um, in in that department. So, 
I mean, the top of the rotation looks fine. Uh, Sensatella, actually, uh, the fourth guy in the rotation probably, uh, has a slight hamstring strain, I believe, is uh, what they're reporting it as. So uh, he's going to miss a couple of starts, but he should be back by opening day. Um, If not, the Rockies have been trying out a couple of spot starters. Um, And... So far, it appears that Austin Gomber is probably going to be the best out of the spot starters. So he's going to grab that fifth spot in the rotation. Uh, really in contention is Austin Gomber, uh, Derek Rodriguez, Chichi Gonzalez, and Ryan Castellani. Um, so I, I think that I would take Gomber out of those four. Um, I do not like his profile as I've explained on previous episodes of this podcast, he's a fly ball guy. That doesn't really pan out well in Coors Field. Fly ball pitchers don't really do well. There's just so much outfield to cover. And when you have Charlie Blackman and Wright, who's old, uh, well, there's just not a lot of room to um, to operate. Unless you go and grab someone like Jackie Bradley Jr., who just signed. Um, to the Milwaukee Brewers you know I I think someone that's a very uh, excellent defensive player who could cover a lot of ground would have been great for the Rockies but alas they do not sign major league contracts anymore apparently Uh, so I I, back to the fifth starter thing I think Gomber's going to take that fifth starter spot Uh, reason being is Derek Rodriguez hasn't been overly impressive I mean he was uh, designated for assignment by the Giants. Chichi Gonzalez was non-tendered already by the Rockies. Probably, I don't think he'll be returning. He hasn't been super dominant in this uh, in this spring training so far. And Gomber has, uh, he hasn't been, uh, I wouldn't say dominant, but he's been very solid, very good, and I think uh, serviceable and more serviceable certainly than the other three options. Castellani, I know a lot of Rockies fans liked him when he got pulled up, and he had a few good performances to open up his career. But, uh, I mean, since then, it's been tough. It's been really, really rough uh, watching Castellani. Um, he he throws like Max Scherzer and his mechanics, but uh, ball comes out at 92-93. It's not as effective, not even close. Um, and not to say velocity is everything, but he is really, really lacking in control. I think his most recent outing, he threw one strike in his first 17 pitches. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I, I saw that um, down somewhere. So, you know, I think maybe it's a mental thing, maybe it's a mechanical thing, but as of now, I don't think he's going to nab a spot in the rotation. So I think that fifth spot is uh, about as locked in as it could be for Gomber. So that's that's uh, definitely something for Rockies fans to key in on. Uh, Brendan Rodgers is someone who is definitely worthy of uh, highlighting here. Uh, he hit a home run uh, last week against the Mariners. So uh, he went two for three, um, had a couple of RBI. I mean, he was he was good. I mean, his, his swing looks good. Um, he looked confident, and he he's talking confident pretty well. Um, you know, something that hasn't really come up with him as much is his speed tool, and he's a, he's a fairly quick guy. Not really a dynamite base stealer like like a Garrett Hampson or something like that. 
but he is a plus runner. So, uh, I mean, we'll see what value he, he brings there. But he set a goal for himself, and he said, uh, quote, my goal is to have 20 bags this year. I'm an above-average runner. I need to continue and pick Story and Hampson's and other base runners' brains about what they look for. I definitely want to challenge myself on the base paths this year and get me some bags because I know how much that helps the team. My goal is 20 bags. You hear it here first, end quote. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's confident both at the plate, clearly. Uh, that's that's showing. And then on the base paths, he feels like he can steal 20 bags. I mean, he, he's never stolen 20 bags at any level. He stole 12 uh, a couple of seasons ago in uh, in Double A. So, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what he what he does and what he uh, wants to uh, like. You know what situations the Rockies want to steal him in, and I mean, how often they even steal him. I mean, he's he's good. He's he's fast, but I mean, he's he's not a pro- prolific base stealer. Like I mean, even Trevor Story, uh, who put up twenty three stolen bases, twenty nineteen, twenty seven, twenty eighteen. So. Uh, I, yeah, we'll see, we'll see where that leads. So, uh, maybe that's something that he developed over this off season is his speed, his base stealing. Um, cause I mean, base stealing is an art. It's, uh, it's definitely not easy to do that. Um, and, and we'll see, um, how he handles that. So, uh, I, I mean, I expect Brendan Rogers to start most of the season and have a starting spot. So, We'll see how well he plays, and if he doesn't play well, it's probably time to part ways with him. Um, but, I mean, all the signs point to him doing well, so I, I wouldn't expect that. So, uh, Jameson Hanna had a home run today. Not sure what his role quite is going to be this season, but uh, it's encouraging to see some good pop from him. There, uh, there have been some ups and downs in the bullpen. Um, Carlos Estevez has not been great. Uh, Michael Givens had a, a couple of rough outings, but his most recent outing was was very solid. Um, you know, no no runs. Uh, you know, he was effective in the limited innings he was given. So uh, we'll see how how the bullpen looks moving forward. And I think that's probably the biggest need for the Rockies at the moment. Uh, I'll talk about the catcher and first base battle um, in probably a future episode. But, uh, you know, the bullpen is what keeps them from being able to win close games, I think. And yeah, pitching is valuable. It really is. And outs are valuable. And when you have a bullpen that generates outs very effectively, you know, that's a valuable thing. And that's one of the reasons why the Rays and Dodgers made it so far, was because of the depth in their bullpen. Uh, so one more highlight, potentially a painful one, but a good one. Uh, Trevor Story hit a home run in his first game back, uh, and Trevor Story is still a Rocky. Uh, you know, take for that what you will. I mean, I enjoy watching Trevor Story as a Colorado Rocky. Uh, I have enjoyed watching him as a Colorado Rocky ever since he came up and basically, you know, threw up some fireworks as soon as he came up. Very exciting player. I've always loved watching him. You know, over on the left side of the infield next to Nolan. And that was, you know, a very, very thrilling time. Um, and unfortunately, as of right now, it's probably best if the Rockies trade him. And I, I hate doing this. Uh, I hate calling for this. 
Um, I, I did it. I did it with Nolan. I did say it was probably time for him to be traded, and it was. Um, even if the package that was received was terrible, uh, it was time for Nolan to move on. And in this case, it is time for Store to move on for different reasons. Um, he's entering the prime of his career. His contract is ending. Um, he wants to win. The Rockies can't do that for him. And the Rockies may not even be able to commit that much money to him for some reason. Uh, John Heyman said on the MLB Network that the Rockies had no budget to sign him an MLB free agent or extend story. Now, considering the Rockies are one of, typically, they're always top 10 in payroll, or traditionally at least they have been the past few years. Uh, with no major major league signings, and with getting their biggest contract off the books, it you know you'd expect for the Rockies to have some uh, some money to you know spend on some contracts. Uh, I believe Story even said that he hasn't even been reached out uh, to regarding an extension, so he's trusting his agent in that capacity. So, you know, it's it's confusing what the Rockies' plan is here because at this point there's three options. Uh, the first is to keep him, which would entail letting him walk at the end of this season. The second would be to trade him immediately. And the third would be to trade him at the deadline. So, uh, what each of these entails is a different thing. The Rockies would receive some sort of compensation for all of them. I believe, I believe if the Rockies let him walk in free agency, um, they tender him, someone signs him, they receive a compensatory second-round pick. Uh, I believe that's how that works uh, with him. I think that if the Rockies traded him immediately, they'd yield the greatest return. And if they traded him at the deadline, they would yield a worse return. You know, you pay for half a season compared to a full season from a guy. That's... You know, basic supply and demand, value, all that, all that jazz. Um, so, story has this year left on his contract. He's a an unrestricted free agent after this season. Uh, so, you know, those are the options for the Rockies. Those are the options on the table for uh, the Rockies in regard to Trevor Story. So, uh, I think that the Rockies should have traded him a week ago, at least. Um. And it's not because I don't like Trevor. I Actually, Trevor is one of my favorite players to watch in all of Major League Baseball. I'll defend him to the end of the earth. And I think that he deserves to be in a spot where he can win, A. B, deserves someone who can commit to him financially. And C, uh, be in a spot that can support him and build around him. Uh, the Rockies are none of those things. So, while... I, while I like watching him in a Rockies uniform, it's time for him to move on. And I think he knows that. And I don't think he's going to return to the Rockies next season, especially after the whole Nolan thing that just happened. There's no way that he comes back. Um, I think that whatever amount of money, I don't think that that's going to be even much of a downgrade if he finds somewhere else to play. Uh, that being said, the Rockies should trade him currently, like right now, like immediately to maximize the amount of prospects received for Trevor Story, who is a top two shortstop in the game at worst and entering his physical prime, uh, granted on a contract year, but, you know, with 
basically a trial run at Trevor and having the entire season as a free agency pitch for him. So there's value there, and I think the Rockies would be very, very wise to capitalize on that value immediately and not at the deadline. So uh, this, I think, a lot of my complaints about the Rockies have been just about their direction. Like, what are they doing? Where are they going? And something that I think is fairly indicative of that is the size of their analytics department. And, you know, I, you, you guys know I talk about analytics all the time. Analytics is, um, you know, it's just, it's just kind of my thing. And, you know, that's where Major League Baseball is now. It's where the Rockies should be. It's not where they are, but it's where Major League Baseball is. Is You know, a lot of things and uh, most decisions, most personnel movements – a lot of these things ride on data, and you know they're not—they're not made and they're not executed by the data, but they—the data gives um, output that would ideally um, the, the the purpose of data and analytics is to maximize the value for the team, uh, maximize the amount of runs produced for a team, runs prevented in the case of pitchers. So, based on the very very small number of analysts that the Rockies have hired the Rockies are just behind the curve and they're behind the curve in terms of developing their players they're behind the curve in terms of game-to-game analysis they are behind the curve in terms of you know managing their home field which you know with the Rockies and such a unique environment Coors Field You'd think that a team like that would have to be ahead of the curve in terms of how much data they gather to try and conquer this beast. But they're not. They're behind. And you see this impact uh, in Tyler Nevin. Tyler Nevin came over to the Orioles uh, from the Michael Givens trade. He is immediately their 17th best prospect in the Orioles system. And when asked about the, the difference between the Orioles and the Rockies, Tyler Nevin answered, and he said, quote, the Orioles are more on the data swing for sure. Don't say that in a negative way at all. I like having all that information. It helped me develop a plan. And if we're going to work in the cage, different technologies help us figure out what's going on. I found a lot of helpful tools since I've come over here, uh, end quote. And this is uh, from Fangraphs, uh, just just an article, um, just discussing uh, just a, some various news around the league. Um, but I mean, it's the Orioles. The Orioles aren't known for a big analytic staff. They're not the Rays. They're not the Dodgers. You know, they're not the Yankees with the, their new gas station. <laughs> it's the Orioles. And you know, even a team like the Orioles. Not the greatest. They don't have the greatest reputation even in terms of analytics. Uh, you know, their staff has improved, certainly, but it's not, say, like Oakland, right? Houston, something like that, right? You know, they have an analytics staff, and they have a functional one. The Rockies don't have a functional analytics staff. The Orioles aren't. They're not heavily advanced, they, they're probably leaving a little bit behind the curve. And Tyler Nevin was blown away 
by how much uh, the Orioles have in terms of new advancements and technologies to help develop their pitchers, their players, and their program. So all things considered, I think the Rockies are about three decades behind, um, specifically general manager uh, Jeff Breidich. Uh, and they're they're behind the curve, and uh, I think that they need to they need to catch up. They need to hire more analytics staff. They need to uh, probably think more analytically, hire an assistant GM that thinks that way. I, Jeff Breidich probably and shouldn't be occupying that job. So, uh, you know, those are my ultimate conclusions. But uh, that's what I got for you. Uh, the spring training highlights, some discussion about the Rockies' direction and Trevor's story and his possible trades. Thank you for tuning in to the 20th and Blake podcast. As always, I'm your host, Cade Walker, and I will talk to you next time.